and up to 100 nanograms per ml is safe. Now, what kind of deficiency symptoms would we see in an infant uh, with vitamin D? Yeah, normally, of course, you would expect vitamin D deficiency to cause rickets in children, but that doesn't usually occur until the child begins to walk and, and as a result of gravity causing these bony deformities and other deformities like widened wrists, for example, or what's called a rachitic rosary where you have these bumps along the costochondral junctions of the rib cage are usually not seen until a good nine months to one and a half years of age. But what we do know is that profuse head sweating at night in infants is associated with vitamin D deficiency. Because vitamin D deficiency increases neuromuscular irritability, including irritability of the sweat glands. That is very interesting. How would you distinguish what is profuse versus just an infant who is, you know, going through thermal regulation and, and sweating as part of that? Well, what we recommend for infants, it, you know, it's always hard to know exactly what's going on, but, mm-hmm. you know, often they seem to be a little bit more irritable, cranky, and it's often thought that, you know, it's just an infant that's, you know, it's a little bit more difficult to deal with, but sometimes it can be due to vitamin D deficiency because what often parents don't realize, but adults can, is that if you're vitamin D deficient, you can have aches and pains in your bones and muscles. And the same thing happens in infants, but infants, of course, can't explain that very well. And the profuse head sweating at night, you know, obviously, if if you have a fever associated with it, then you have to worry about an infection. But if there's profuse head sweating that's all the time, it's, it's a classic sign of vitamin D deficiency in infancy. Very interesting. There has been a lot of activity regarding guidelines for vitamin D, both from the Endocrine Society and from the Food and Nutrition Board of the Institute of Medicine. I'm wondering if you can can give us a summary of these guidelines and where there may be some differences, similarities. First of all, you need to realize that the IOM goal was to be a population-based model, not a medical model and that their goal was not to be treating and preventing vitamin D deficiency in children and adults, but rather making recommendations that would satisfy the vitamin D status for 97.5% of the population. Because they were establishing a dietary reference. Exactly. And so they recommend, as does the American Academy of Pediatrics, and as does the Endocrine Practice Guideline, that infants should be taking 400 units of vitamin D a day from the time they're born. The Institute of Medicine also recommends that children over one year of age receive 600 units of vitamin D a day. And then for adults, it's recommended that they should be receiving 600 units a day up until the age of 70 and 800 units if they're over 70. The Endocrine Practice Guidelines is concerned about preventing and treating vitamin D deficiency. So for infants, 400 to 1,000 units we consider to be perfectly safe. In fact, there are studies to show that infants can take up to 50,000 units of vitamin D once a week for six weeks. Dr. Gordon showed very nicely is very effective in treating vitamin D deficiency in infancy. For children, the endocrine practice guideline uh, recommends, again, 600 to 1,000 units a day is perfectly fine. And for adults, 1,500 to 2,000 units a day to prevent and treat vitamin D deficiency. If you're obese, both as a child and as an adult, you probably need at least two to three times more vitamin D to satisfy that requirement. 
Very good. Dr. Hollick, I would like to thank you for sharing your expertise on vitamin D with us. And for JPIN readers, please do go and read Dr. Hollick's full paper in the January 2012 supplement. Thanks very much. For more information or to view this article, please visit us at jpen.sagepub.com. Mm -hmm.